I believe uh, we are over to Mr. Jimmy Day now. So here we go. Thanks, John. Uh, really good. I, that's one of, probably one of my favourite offering messages that I've heard in a long time. So thank you for that. It's um, very encouraging. Um, I'm a little bit similar to you with when I started uni as well. I think I hopped around to about th not just different majors, different courses. <laughs> Uh, until I figured out none of these sort of fit for me. I want to do church stuff, so I'm here. So, but thank you. I, I want to encourage you guys too to do what John said. Actually explore what your spiritual gifts uh, may be because there's a place in our church and in our community for each and every spiritual gift. Um, so, you know, John talked about the prophetic. I think I've shared before, I... Um, I was invited to be on the prophetic team where Christy was training up a bunch of us and I originally said, yeah, nah, not my thing. I was wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong. It was one of those things of, I haven't tried this out, but I don't think it's for me. Tried it out, go, oh, actually, maybe that is something that I can look at. So definitely, um, definitely spend some time with God and get involved in different areas of the church um, and see what that unlocks in you spiritually. Um, it's a bit of a good segue into my message today. Um, if you saw it on social media, the title of my message is When the Fight Calls. So it's, we're going to get a little bit real. It's about, uh, you know, being aware that spiritual warfare and spiritual attack happens and how we can overcome that, how we can position ourselves in such a way that we can stand and persevere and endure. And part of that is recognising where our spiritual strengths are and tap into those things. So if we're prayers, we pray. We pray, we stand and we pray against whatever is going on. Um, you know, we had a men's night a couple of weeks ago and I shared um, most of what I'm going to share today at that. So those guys are getting a, a, a double dose of this. Um, but and the reason I'm, I'm preaching on it, it's not something that I'm super familiar with. Um, in, from a preaching on it perspective, but there's, the more I talk to people at the moment, the more they're saying, I'm really feeling the enemy come at me. So I'm like, right, let's stand together, let's mobilise together and actually tackle this thing. And I kind of feel like prophetic, that the result of this could be a bit prophetic in that if we can stand against this, if we can understand that the fight will come, and how we can stand and fight, we are going to see some incredible breakthrough and vision and transformation in us individually and collectively. And this is going to flow into our community. And this is burning strong in me for this message that if we can get this, if we can stand together, um, you know, I'm going to talk about the armour of God in a bit. Um, but in that scripture, it says, most importantly, to stand. And in the space of two verses, it, it, it says to stand three or four times. That we're, even if we don't have the strength to push back, we stand. Because our strength comes from our Father. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. You know, we've sung this morning of your good grace. We've sung this morning that your blood washes, washes us clean, Lord God. You know, we've sung of, of your goodness, Lord. So we just pray that you would fill us afresh this morning, I pray that you would speak through me and I pray that, you know, any walls that may be around us as we talk about this, because we know that the enemy isn't going to want us to be mobilized to, 
to stand against him, Lord. So I just pray that any of those walls would come crashing down this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, warfare, like this whole concept of spiritual warfare, I know that warfare is an interesting word. You know, in some people it can be, oh, no, that's violent, that's this, we don't want to talk about that. But the fact is, the definition of war, or one of, is a state of competition or hostility between people or groups. And the fact is, as Christians, as Christ followers, there is resistance at times. You know, we are in competition and hostility against the enemy. He wants to rob us of our joy. He wants to rob us of our faith. He wants to rob us of an abundant life in Jesus. And so the fact is, whether we like it or not, there are times in our lives and our Christian walks where we're going to be in warfare. And so we need to be ready for that. You know, and warfare is the act of engaging in war. It's our battle spiritually is for control. One of the areas is for our mind. You know, the enemy is a liar and a deceiver. He's going to put whatever he can into our heads to disrupt our understanding of the truth of who God is and the truth of who we are. In Christ. He wants us to feel rejected. He wants us to feel all alone because when we actually recognize that we are loved by God, that He is number one and He has our back, we have the ability to stand. We have the strength to fight back. So the first part is to actually guard our minds. You know, this is, like I've said, it's unavoidable as Christians. There are times when we're going to be under attack. The thing is, we know our salvation in our hearts, but we all know that rejection or frustration or hardship are tools of the enemy over our minds. And the more he attacks, the more we let him into our mind, the more it can affect actually what we even feel in our hearts. So if, you'd, if you've got your Bible, or you can look at the screen because it's on the screen, um, I'm going to open up to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 9. Um, this is one of my favorite sections of Scripture in the New Testament. Up there, cool. So it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I love the start of that. Do not be anxious about anything. It's so easy sometimes for that anxiety of different things to, to, to creep in. You know, the world issues rather than the issues of faith. You know, anxiety and prayer are two great opposing forces in the Christian experience. We've got this ability to stand and to pray where we know God's truth and we declare God's truth into situations. But anxiety comes in 
like a wrecking ball sometimes and wants to completely disrupt. And I know the power that anxiety can have. It's crippling sometimes. And I don't want to downplay that. But I don't want to give it unnecessary power either. You know, a couple of years ago, I preached a message from the story of David and Goliath. And one of the key points I had in that message was to see your Goliath for what it really is. You know, the whole Israelite army, Saul the king, everybody looked at this giant of a guy in Goliath and said, oh, we can't beat him. He's too good. He's too big. He's too powerful. We can't beat him. And David walks in, scrawny little dude with a slingshot, and goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he can come against the armies of the living God? Everybody operated in anxiety except David. He saw it and was like, you know what? We are the people of God. We have the strength to hit back. We have the strength to overcome this. So I want us to understand that. that Prayer helps us to see things in the spiritual reality rather than the physical reality. And the physical reality and spiritual one won't always match up. Because there's freedom spiritually in everything. Sometimes we don't feel that here. But we need to understand that we have that freedom. And prayer brings, helps us to get that sense of freedom. It also brings peace. It brings breakthrough. Sometimes immediately, sometimes over the course of time. But prayer is a powerful weapon of warfare that we have. Together, as a group when we pray but also individually and being able to pray individually. You all know that every Wednesday night, uh, 7.30, we pray. We pray here every Wednesday night. Um, and I was chatting to Mike a couple of weeks ago and he, um, he filled me in on a, on a few points of breakthrough that people have had. They've come stressed about a situation and there's been some breakthrough. So I'm going to get Mike to come up quickly and just... Um, reel off a couple of things here as an encouragement for all of us to recognize the importance of prayer yeah like um the wednesday night we uh we just get together we pray and we lift it up to god to pray about and we've had a few people with needs to be met and one of those people person one of those people were they needed a car their car had had died and i thought okay no worries you know Last, the last car she had, it was given to her. I was going, God, you're not going to give her another car. No way. So I went down a process of, you know, trying to get finance for a car. And it's like, no, nah, that's not going to work. And lo and behold, she got a phone call. I've got a car for you. And her other car she had, she got rid of for $200. And then she cashed in a rego. She ended up with $335. The car for the roadworthy was 200 and a taillight lens and a globe was 120. She had $15 change out of that. You know, lo and behold, but we don't know. We just pray, you know, and God never leaves us alone. Another person needed to change where, that, where they were living. And so we prayed. They came. Within two days, they got a phone call from um, community housing, got a place for them. It's things like that. And, and we just have to pray. And, that, and, and God answers. Thanks, Mike. I wanted to share, I wanted Mike to share that this morning so that we actually get a sense that, that prayer is powerful and standing together, there is power in that. There is strength 
in that. And for us, we may not feel like we have the ability to pray when we're in the midst of that storm, when we're in the midst of the attack. But we have family here. We have family here who will stand with us, will encourage us, will lift our arms up when we can't lift up ourselves. And then talks about verse 7, the peace of God which transcends all understanding. And this peace of God, I was looking at it, is not just a state of mind. It's a confidence and contentment that our sins are forgiven and nothing else matters. So when it talks about this peace of God, we know that we have, we have this confidence and contentment that we are forgiven. doesn't matter what's going on in our work lives, in our home lives or anything else. We are forgiven by our Heavenly Father. And like a sentry, it says, you know, guard, um, the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To put it in um, kind of military terms, it's like a sentry. This peace is God's protective custody of us. He, he's on, on the lookout for the things that are going to come against us. We've just got to listen to that, to his spirit within us. You know, he brings this protection for his chosen people. You know, those who call on his name. But for this whole passage, verse 8 is the key. You see, Paul knew the influence and power of thought and how it affects uh, our action. When bad stuff happens, sometimes we get so fixated on that that we actually miss the truth. We miss what's actually going on because we think, oh, this is so bad. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, we've had my nephews this weekend and so we've been watching Disney movies all weekend. Um, and there's a scene in The Lion King. Um, I'm going to talk about it because I think we've watched it twice this weekend. Um, so when Simba's dad is killed, you know, his uncle comes to him and says, oh, this was your fault. You shouldn't have been here. You shouldn't have been here. Run away and don't come back. You see, you know, I, I think how often we have in our life where something happens and the enemy gets into our, into our head or somebody else gets into our head and said, oh, you're terrible. You're no good. You know, this is your fault. Look what you've gone and done. When the reality is, God loves us. We are forgiven. We are free from bondage in sin and shame and darkness. We are free of that. And so when it says the peace of God, that is our confidence that we are forgiven. That is our confidence that we are free. And so we need to hold on to that. When we focus on the things in verse 8, that whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. When we focus on those things, the truth of Jesus, because Jesus ticks off all of those boxes and is probably the only thing that we know of that ticks all of those boxes. We find peace when we focus on him and who he is. We need to recognize that our mind is our front line when spiritual attack comes or when the fight calls. That's where he's attacking us. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. And yes, these are actions, but first and foremost, they are choices. We choose to use these gifts or be led by the flesh. The Holy Spirit brings this transformation within us, but we've got to choose. Are we, are we going to live out of our place of freedom and forgiveness? Or are we going to live in a place of fear or anxiety or frustration or hardship or rejection? And all of those things will lead us to think a certain way. And our perception or perceived reality is often incorrect. But how we react to that, how we stand against that, is up to us. We've got the voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got the prompting of the Holy Spirit in how we should act. But the choices that we make are up to us. You know, I talk about these things. Rejection is something that is deep-seated in me that I struggle with. comes up from when I was a kid um, and issues I had um, with my parents and bullying at school and all of those things. And so it's very easy. It's not with everyone. It's only a real, with certain people at certain times. Trust and loyalty are a, a big thing. And, you know, I know we all struggle with rejection. We all feel, oh, this sucks. But for me, it sends me into a major tailspin. You know, people talk about existential crisis and those sort of things that gets to that level for me sometimes. And I know that we will all have those things in us that send us into a tailspin. doesn't matter what the truth is that, that we know and feel in our hearts. There are things that send us into a tailspin. And in these moments, we need to remember that God loves us, that Jesus came and died for us, that we are redeemed, we are set free, and we are a new creation. We all need that reminder, amen? You know, again, we need to remember that God loves us, Jesus died for us, we're redeemed, we're set free, and we are a new creation. That's our peace. That's our strength. That's our freedom in the midst of chaos, in the midst of attack. And we are equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we go on this journey of transformation and it's shown through the fruit in our lives. And often that fruit is shown through the choices that we make. And that starts in our minds. It's our front line because if he can get into our heads, then we start questioning everything. We may know it in our hearts, but we've got to make sure that this thing is protected. I know I'm laboring the point on this, but I want us to understand the attack strategy of the enemy. So when the fight calls, we know how to be prepared. We know how to be on guard for these sort of things. Uh, I think 1 Peter 1.13 is a great summary of what I've shared, but also a good reminder. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. I think it'll be on the screen. Uh, so prepare your minds for action. I love that. Be completely sober in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. 
I love that. I, yeah, that version, just the way that it says that, I love it. I think that's one that I'm going to write down and start reading every day because of the truth of that. You know, this prepare your minds for action is first century language. It's essentially, back in the day, obviously people would be wearing long robes and things like that. Essentially, this prepare yourself for action is the whole hitching up your robes ready to do a physical action. You know, it's like, okay, this just got real. I've got to do something. So I'm hitching up my robes and I'm ready to do whatever it is that I have to do. So do we have our minds ready for action? Are our minds fixed on things above or on things of the world? We need to know the truth. There are two different realities. There's the physical and the spiritual. So do we focus on the physical world more than the spiritual? And now, hear me here. I'm not saying that you treat God like a genie and just, and, and just go into this airy-fairy thing of, oh, well, I believe that I, this is going to happen because it may not happen this side of heaven and I don't want people to be disappointed. But I want us to actually live with this mentality that we are free. It doesn't matter what is going on in this world around us. Above all else, we are free. That is our truth. That is our reality. That spiritually, we are free from the wages of sin, which is death. We are free of that. And that is our reality that we need to actually understand. We need to believe that we live in this freedom and not bondage. That's the key to our spiritual reality. You know, Satan, our enemy, comes at us with deceit. He lies to us. He doesn't want us to have a sound mind or to live in this victory or freedom because then his schemes have no hold on us. So he lies to us. He deceives us. You know, to paraphrase John 10.10, Jesus says that the enemy comes to, uh, to steal, kill and destroy, whereas he, being Jesus, has come to give us life and life to the full. So reminder, Jesus gives us this abundant life. I believe that this is prophetic for some people today, that you have the ability to have this life and life to the full. This is declared over us. Jesus says it. But for some today, you need to actually start to understand this and start to believe this and stand in this. That it doesn't matter what the enemy is throwing your way. Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. The enemy comes to steal and destroy and kill. And what does, he, what does he, the enemy want to steal? He wants to steal the fact that we are free. He wants to steal the fact that we belong to a community of believers. He wants to steal the fact that we belong to Christ. He wants to steal the fact that our sins have been washed clean through the blood of Jesus. He wants to steal these things because when we believe those, we can live life to the full. So he comes to steal that from us. And what does he replace it with? Rejection, hurt, unworthiness, shame. All of those things is what he replaces it with. And so we need to be aware of that. He comes at us with deception. He plays on our fears and our insecurities. So we need to be ready 
when the fight calls because our fight isn't just for ourselves, but it's for the people around us as well. Um, you know, I particularly think of husbands in this situation, spiritual heads of your homes. You've got to be fighting this fight for the sake of your wife, your kids, those around you. You've got to be fighting this fight, but we've all got to be fighting it for ourselves as well. We've got to recognize that the enemy is going to come and try and steal, kill and destroy. So we've got to stand on the truth of who God is and who he says that we are in him. Ephesians 4.27 says, do not give the devil a foothold. So we need to stand on the truth. Yes, greater is he who is in us, the Holy Spirit, but the enemy will keep attacking, hoping to find an opportunity to deceive us, to crush us, to push us away from God and our revelation and truth. He'll try and find that chink in the armor, that loose brick that he can dislodge from the wall and send the whole thing crushing down. You know, it's a bit like Mondays and flat tires and how they rob us of joy and comfort. I mean, I don't often work on a Monday, so I feel bad talking about Mondays uh, for some people, but I, I know what that's like. But flat tires, think you're going somewhere and then all of a sudden your tire's flat. And then you've got to spend a bunch of time putting it back on yourself or if you don't know how to do that or you don't have the equipment to do that, you've got to call somebody and you could be waiting there for hours for somebody to come and fix it. It was the best thing I could come up with to, to, to kind of make, a, make an illustration and a point of that. But that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to get in and just knock us about. And it might even just be small little things, but a culmination of small little things pushes us further and further and further away from the reality of what God wants us to have. So what gets us through these minor, in the scheme of things, inconveniences? Perseverance. We persevere when we get a flat tire. We persevere on a Monday. We persevere when, you know, there's a storm and we may not have Wi-Fi. I mean, heaven help us in 2019, we don't have the internet for a couple of hours. What do we do? Um, but we persevere. We have a plan. We know who to call. No, it's not got Ghostbusters. We don't call them. But if a flat tire, we call the RACV. In church, as Christians, if we're going through a rough patch, who do we call? We can call on Jesus, absolutely, but we can call on each other. We can call on each other for strength, for support, for encouragement. And so with this spiritual warfare, we, we need to persevere. We need to have a plan on how we're going to actually combat this, which is why I've spent so much time talking about these things so that we're actually aware of what the enemy is going to try and do. You know, the scripture says to love God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. So it's knowledge in your heart, but it's also the knowledge in here. We need to love God with all that we are. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when we are surrendered to God, when we engage with his truth, the devil has no foothold and cannot have an impact on us. You know, when Jesus was tempted, um, at the end of that it says that once the accuser left him, an angel suddenly gathered around Jesus to minister to his needs. I think this is incredibly special. And God cares for us the same way. He sent us his Holy Spirit 
as a comforter, as a guide, to be here with us when he couldn't be. So Jesus is familiar with temptation. He is familiar with hurt and with suffering. And he understands. And so he sent us his Holy Spirit to minister to us. So we have that strength within us if we can persevere. You know, Paul with the thorn in his side asked God repeatedly to take it away. And God's like, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. We need to remember that. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego when they were confronted with this big statue of Nebuchadnezzar, rather than bowing to that and going, well, everybody around me is doing it, I'm just going to do it just to blend in. They're like, no. We worship our God, thrown into the furnace, and they survived because God was with them. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be confronted with a situation where we're going to be thrown into a furnace, um, but it's the same sort of thing with anxiety, with fear. Are we standing on the reality of our situation? Or are we standing on the truth of God in that situation? You know, I think for us, in our situation, the temptation of Jesus or Paul's is most easily relatable. We all have thorns or strongholds or Goliaths in our lives, but how we choose to respond to those makes all the difference. You know, there's a, there's a phrase that goes around, I think it's usually used in sport, but short-term pain for long-term gain. You know, I... Think about, um, you know, there's a few of us here that have uh, switched up our eating habits a little bit to go keto. And for those that don't know what that is, it's no sugar, very low carb, um, all of that. Now, best of times I'm not a sweet tooth, but I miss donuts. <laughs> I must confess I miss donuts. Um, and so the, fir the, the first part of it was quite difficult. But then you start to go, oh, actually, each day goes past. This is getting a little bit easier, getting a little bit easier, getting a little bit easier. But then a bad day, the thing that you want to do is go, man, I could really eat a box of donuts right now. <laughs> really could eat a box of donuts. A box? Oh, absolutely a box of donuts, mate. Absolutely. But then you've got to make the decision. I've done all of this work to get to here. Do I want to set myself back by potentially letting bad habits come back in? And it's the same with our spiritual lives. Are we going to let the things of the world sway us and knock us for six and send us way back here and then we get stuck in that cycle again? Or are we going to be like, you know what? I'm going to stand. I'm going to claim back what the enemy may have robbed from me or stolen from me. I'm not going to run away in fear, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand on the truth of who God says I am and of who he is. And I'm going to stand against the enemy's schemes. And sometimes we need to be okay with being uncomfortable to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us. Amen? So how can we resist the devil? Well, we've already heard about the power of prayer. We felt his presence this morning in praise and worship. We have the ability to sing and declare these things to take back some ground. Fasting. Um, praying and speaking in tongues. And in English, it declares God's truth. Being vulnerable with trusted people who can encourage, correct, train, support us. You know, coming to a place of repentance. Going, you know what, God, okay, I've been separate to you, but I'm coming back. I just need you. I need you to wash me clean. Um, 
also things like celebrate recovery. But ultimately, I think uh, Scripture in Ephesians 6, which talks about the armour of God. We shouldn't forget it or leave it in a cupboard, but we need to be equipped and maintained. It needs to, um, to be maintained. Um, so if you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. And it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I I love this section of Scripture. And if there is ever a a how-to guide when it comes to spiritual warfare, that's it right there, I reckon. We're presented with all the things and all the tools and armour and weaponry that we need. You know, I love verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You know, our human strength is inadequate. His is unconquerable. So be strong in that. Be strong in his mighty power and recognize that his power is unconquerable. And because we have his Holy Spirit, that's within us. It's outside the realms of our understanding sometimes. We can't physically make these things happen, but the power of God in any situation can shift what we can't shift. In verse 12, it talks about our enemy and the battleground. We know the fight is coming. Maybe we're in it right now. So using all of these scriptures help us to be prepared. Verse 13 talks about to stand. And it's repeated so clearly if it's, I feel like if it's repeated so many times in the first couple of verses, it's important. You know, we sang in good grace to hold on, be strong, remember where our help comes from. We are his ambassadors and his chosen people. And we will stand our ground because we have the strength and the ability to stand our ground, church. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead flows through us. So let's stand our ground together. Amen. We don't need to run. Simply by standing our ground, by resisting his schemes, we find our spiritual freedom and we walk in that. Hallelujah. So verse verse 18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we need the help of the Holy Spirit. There is power when we declare things in tongues and we speak in our heavenly language. And nothing is off limits. Nothing is insignificant to bring to God. You know, you may be in a place of of battle and warfare and going, oh, God doesn't want to hear about this. He only wants to, you know, this isn't important to him. 
You're important to him, so that's important to him. So realize you can bring it to God. You can cry out to him. And when it comes to our armor, we need to take individual personal responsibility for it, as we must do with our relationship with God. Yes, others will pray for us and will encourage us, but we need to pray, to read the word, to know and learn God's truth, to connect with believers here and connect groups, that sort of thing. We need to engage with the Holy Spirit in our lives. We've got to make these choices. So if we look at the armor, the belt of truth is symbolic clothing of the Messiah. So character, not brute force, wins the battle. So in this belt of truth declares no lies are accepted into our minds and our hearts. Our truth influences our character. So is our truth, are we living in the truth of freedom and in the fruit of the Spirit, or are we living in the truth of what the world says? And so all of a sudden our belt is loosened and doesn't have the power that it should have. We've got the breastplate of righteousness, and I feel like it covers our heart for a reason. And again, it comes back to character. And so that understanding in our mind that flows into our heart helps transform our character. So the warrior's character is that there or our defense. In Isaiah, God himself uh, puts on a breastplate of righteousness, figuratively, for justice. We need to know the truth in order to see our heart made clean, which then defends us from bitterness, pride, rejection, shame, all of these things. We need the shoes of the gospel of peace. You know, not barefoot, not thongs. These are protective and supportive footwear. You know, we've probably all heard the scripture where it says the word is a lamp unto our feet. That guides us. We know that truth. Our foundation needs to be one of peace and stand on that. Doesn't that make you smile? That our foundation is one of peace. That whatever's going on, we can stand in the peace of God, in that confidence and contentment that we are forgiven. It's comforting. We've got the shield of faith. And this, is descri- this describes the large Roman shield covered with leather and often soaked in water, which when flame-tipped arrows hit it, they're extinguished. So our faith can extinguish these arrows of the enemy. Our faith puts that out. It, you know, sometimes our faith can be awkward with what we're called to do. It can be hard to stand in the battle or to fight back. But our f- if our faith is strong, we can extinguish these. And I'd like to think that as a group, our faith is strong. You know, Jesus said, faith as big as a mustard seed can move the mountains. So believe that your faith is strong. If you need that this morning, you are strong. Your faith is strong in you. The helmet of salvation. So it protected the soldier and helmets back then in the military often provided a symbol of military victory. So our helmet of salvation is our victory over sin and death and shame because Jesus died for us. It's the truth of who we are. Children of God, redeemed, reconciled. We belong We are loved, we are free, we are victorious. And I believe that God wants some people to hear this today. Your spiritual, hopefully your spiritual eyes are being opened to this truth that you are a child of God and your victory is in your salvation. And then we have the sword of the spirit. 
So we need to depend on the Word of God and pray to God. We need to be armed with the spiritual and supernatural power and authority to bring change to the world. Amen. love that John shared about the spiritual gifts because we've got this sword of the Spirit. We have these gifts that we can use. That's our attacking mechanism to operate in the power of God in our lives. Can I get the band up, please? So to close, um, some of you may have been sitting here going, wait, when the fight calls, that sounds familiar to me. There's actually a Hillsong Young and Free song called When the Fight Calls, and we've done it at youth um, a lot of times. Um, But I just wanted to uh, read a couple of parts of uh, the lyrics to this song. So um, in the chorus it says, Even when the world caves, even when the fight calls... Even when the war's waged, I'll take heart. I know you are greater, forever you are saviour. I will sing your praise with all that I have, with all that I am, Lord. Then later it says, I won't let the storm weather my heart. I won't let the darkness beat me down. Sing in the night my hope alive in you. I'll walk through the fire and not be burned. Pray in the fight and watch it turn. Jesus, tonight I give it all to you. I want to emphasize that I know you are greater, forever you are saviour. That is truth for our minds, for our hearts, for our souls, church. He is greater. He is greater than whatever we are faced with, whatever attack is coming our way. And forever he is saviour. That truth never changes. He is our saviour. And so that is a truth that we can take to the bank, as the statement goes. We can take that to the bank. Forever, he is our saviour. He died for us. He loves us. Nothing can change that truth, church. Amen? Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for the truth that we are free. Because of your sacrifice and your great love for us, we are free. We are free from the wages of sin being death. We are free from the enemy's schemes. You know, they're going to come, but we have the freedom to stand and live a life full of you because that is what you have said. So Lord, I just pray that you would be ministering to people this morning, ones that need to know this truth, ones that need to to sharpen their armor or get it out of the cupboard where they've put it away. Give us the strength to stand. Even if we can't fight back, give us the strength to just stand and resist, Lord. Help us to encourage each other and stand with one another in this, Lord God. Just pray you pour out your blessing and favour over everybody here, Lord God. And let us know this truth in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so the band, I've got the band up and we're going to go back into good grace because the lyrics of this song are so good, particularly when it comes to attack. So I want you to, to come and sing this, declare it, make it your cry this morning for all of this. If you want to get out, your, get out of your seats and come out the front and worship, then go for your life. But let's declare this.
Swing wide, swing wide, swing wide, won't you help us? 